Everyone loves a good family mystery, especially one with as many twists and turns as June's journey. Step into the role of June Parker and search for hidden clues to uncover the mystery of her sister's murder. June's Journey is a hidden object mystery game with a captivating detective story taking you back to the glamour of the 1920s with a diverse cast of characters. And if you know me, you know I love the 20s era. Engage your sense of observation to find hidden clues. Search for hidden objects from the parlors of New York to the sidewalks of Paris and uncover a collection of dazzling hidden object spectacles for you to solve. We're all here because we love drama and thrills, right? Well, this game has the perfect twists and turns to keep your brain asking, what happened here? You can chat and play with or against others by joining a detective club. Can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. You guys, welcome back to another pop culture kiki episode of Beyond Ziblines. It is me, Troy McKeady. And Kelly Williams. Unfortunately, we have nothing to talk about this week. There were no major events. Nobody did anything. There was no music released. Nothing. We don't have tour dates that were just released today. Nothing. I am sick and I'm like obsessively talking about it. So that's that's what we plan on talking about for the hour, actually. But we do want to let you know we have shows. Um, everything's on sale on Friday, February 16th, 10 a.m. local time. I'm going to give you the rundown, but if you check out our Instagram, you see all the dates there. Also on Patreon, they're already on sale for them. There is a Patreon code. But May 3rd, we're going to be in Washington, D.C. May 9th, Chicago, Illinois. May 12th, St. Paul, uh, Minnesota. May 15th, Philly. May 16th, Atlanta. Uh, June 6th, we're going to be doing two shows for Seattle, Washington. We're going to do an early and a late show. June 7th, Portland, Oregon. June 21st is San Francisco. And then we're ending it June 22nd for Los Angeles. We want to remind people, if you want us to come to your city, please comment on Instagram because we just go by like what we see on the back end analytic analytic wise. Yes, and just know that there are some cities that we know are like highly, highly requested um, that didn't make the cut this particular time just because of logistics, but they still will. Yes, please don't give up on us yet. <laughs> and don't stop reminding us. Right. Should we talk about a little rootin' tootin', gun-totin', country western gal named Beyonce? You called it, Troy. You called this one. I will say I I have to give glory to, uh, you know, the hive. Like there are definitely more than there's are more people that thought this than just me. A lot of people on the internet that thought that she was going to do country. I thought it, I thought that like after lemonade, Beyonce was going to do country. I did not see Renaissance happening like at all. I thought after lemonade, we would get a daddy lessons full album. So I thought it would happen like a while ago. I'm happy that it's happening now, though. I just feel like this is like the perfect time for it. And what did you think of the songs? 
Oh, I loved it. I'm so excited. Um, honestly, since 2016, since her um, performance with the chicks, I've wanted Beyonce to lean more into country. I think her voice suits it. Obviously, she's from Texas. Um, yeah, I just I feel like it'll be right. But I'm really curious to see how country music radio takes this on, because apparently there was a radio station in Oklahoma that's already said we don't play Beyonce. We play country music. And the way country music scrubbed the Beyonce and the Chicks performance at CMA Award or CMT Awards was crazy. I don't think people realize how quickly everything was removed from online. That's why I said last week, and we got a couple comments on Patreon of people being like, well, there are Black country artists. Like, Black country artists exist. Like, what are you talking about? I know that Black people sing country music, and I know that there is a handful of Black people in country music right now, but they're not kicking the door in the way that Beyonce would. Like, Beyonce's presence cannot be ignored because she's so huge. So it's just different. It hits different. It's it's impactful in a way that will be different than like a, a regular artist. And to that, to that, whoever commented that I'd say, okay, Darius Rucker, Jimmy Allen, who is person on grata in country music at the moment, Kane Brown, who's openly talked about how he's never been nominated for entertainer of the year, no matter how many tickets he sells for his shows. And then we have like Mickey Guyton as the woman. There aren't like strong female black singer country music singers there just aren't and i do blame country music for that it has nothing to do with the actual like it has nothing to do with the artists singing right. it has to do with the uh genre that they're singing in exactly and it's very easy for them to downplay and ignore artists like that that are not household names they're mm -hmm. just not like not everybody and even in country there are people who are obviously household names like you don't have to be a country artists to know who like trisha yearwood is you know what i mean mm -hmm. and i just think beyonce's impact and just how like how mega super massive meteoric beyonce is that industry can't ignore her presence you can't hide beyonce you can't pretend she doesn't exist you can't like not nominate her if she deserves it Pete, like it just I, again i just i don't know how better to say it than that like, she she's gonna kick the door in on that on that industry like she's going to kick the door in and i'm so excited about it yeah i love a disruptor right like she's gonna disrupt that genre so much and yeah i'm just i'm excited for that and i hope country music does the right thing and plays their songs because they're actually like they're not these fake country songs either right like florida georgia line fake country hello. beyonce's songs are actually country music hello like you guys will put these fucking fake ass industry plant country artists on a pedestal when they're really not like you said making actual country music but then we're gonna like do all these think pieces about if beyonce's music is truly country if it deserves it when she is a she's a rootin' tootin' gal she's boot kicking like what more how much more country does it get than beyonce you know what i mean um i also will say i have ideas in my mind i have visuals in my mind of course of like what this will look like and i know that beyonce is going like full glam cowgirl and i think that's really cool and i'm excited about it and i'm excited to see it but like i would really love for beyonce to do like a real like rugged western moment like a real like like 
my, in my mind, it's almost like Marlboro ad, like Marlboro man, Beyonce, but make it glam, like rugged, dusty. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think that's what we're going to get. Almost like Alan Jackson vibes or like old school country, like Dolly, like those those artists. I know exactly what you mean. And yeah, I think Beyonce doesn't do things half ass ever. So like, I could see that for sure. Do you have a, did you listen to both songs? Did you listen to um, Texas Hold'em in 16 Carriages? I did. I think 16 Carriages is like, like, darker country i guess i don't know how else to say it and i love texas hold i love them both for different reasons i guess same texas hold'em is like fun so fun it's like i don't know like i saw this video that was like very wholesome last night on tiktok of this uh apartment full of people like listening to it for the first time and it like instinctively made them all get up and start like dancing and like linking arms and shit and it was just like cute like it's that vibe it's very like it's just fun whereas 16 carriages is like you said it's darker she's talking some shit i mean the lyrics are so good it's so like cinematic like i can see it in a movie i'm just this is all i've ever wanted like i'm so excited for this and i think something i'm really excited about and this is something that I was in this camp for a while until honestly like COVID and I listened to Lemonade and I like listened to it through and I was like, yeah, okay. Like I can't deny that this is incredible. But I think since Lemonade, so many people are like, well, Beyonce just needs to like sing. She doesn't need to do all this extra stuff or like think she's a rapper or whatever. Like she just needs to sing. It's like, she's going to have country music. What is that? And let's see how people react to her just singing how they wanted her to be for the last what decade. So there's this person on TikTok that I follow and she, I, my theories on Beyonce, I feel like are most in line with her. Like I agree with all of her, her sort of theories about what this whole era of Beyonce's is going to be. Her name is, uh, your thick, big sis. (laughs) That was her name. But she has this theory that Beyonce is basically in chapters reclaiming black music okay yeah so chapter one of course being like you know house and techno and which was started by black people whether people believe it or not black kids in detroit and now she's doing country and like reclaiming it and i really believe that like i'm not seeing a ton of people with that theory but i really believe it i think that that's like the closest I think that's the closest thing I've seen that makes sense. That makes total sense. I'm actually like excited if that theory is true. I know. What do you think of the theory that her and Lady Gaga are going to come out with their part two of Telephone finally? Um, Obviously, the homosexual in me is like gagged and gooped and beguiled. I cannot. <laughs> I mean, we've been waiting since the moment we saw them link fingers in that to be continued, like, but it, the crazy thing about that song is I know that like Lady Gaga really doesn't like telephone. And I feel like that's been the reason that it's been pushed off for so long because she thinks that it's like badly produced and she didn't like mm-hmm. the music video and all this stuff. And like, it's like, get over it, girl. We love it. Well, now she can just channel Joanne and do her thing. Yeah. <laughs> 
Uh, I'm so here for it. But yeah, I'm excited for Beyonce. I'm excited for our cowgirl to root and toot. There hasn't been a track list leaked yet, right? No, not yet. I'm curious if Casey's going to be on it. I would. Yeah. Well, there's rumor also. Oh, speaking of Beyonce. So, of course, Azealia Banks responded to the release of Beyonce's music. And there was another TikTok that I saw about Azealia Banks in reference to Meg and Nikki that made me laugh really hard where this girl was like, I wish I could remember what her account was. But she basically was like, to understand Azealia Banks, you have to understand that she she's not on any person's side. <laughs> like, she just gives unfiltered opinions at the moment she thinks them immediately. And they're not for or pro anyone but herself. Like she just expresses her thought about a person freely. And at one day she could like be totally for Beyonce and like live for her. And then the next day be dragging her. And it was ironic because she kind of dragged her on her Instagram story about the song and said that it was like pandering or both songs that they were pandering and that they weren't good. And she said, you need to let Kay Michelle like show up and actually release the real country music, which is ironic because we all know how much I fucking love K Michelle. And I've been saying for forever, like K Michelle is also a real ass true country artist and probably the only person at the CMAs that could yodel. Right. Truly yodel. Went to college for yodeling. That is a country root and tootin' gal. But I just thought that was funny that she mentioned her. I was going to say, don't say that in front of Jewel. That's like her thing. <laughs> Another true yodeler. <laughs> so one thing we have to touch on, um, the anti-drama. I'm sure everyone has seen it. It was in the Daily Beast. Um, I don't know if we should say he was allegedly exposed. I don't really know. You know, our lawyers have told us, like, don't touch it. But we're poking it. Um, I don't think there's a ton we can say other than if you're interested, listen to, you know, drenched in drama. That's Cassandra's podcast. Um, I was in contact with Cassandra in October and November, and I let her know, you know, we're not protected under journalism laws. So, but I was, you know, encouraging her to go to the police, to go to, you know, take it to court, talk to um, journalists, actual journalists, because they're protected under laws. You know, I was shown alleged text messages of Enti trying to trap us with like Michelle Trachenberg stuff. Um, but yeah, I mean, yeah. <laughs> it's a mess. It is messy. Obviously a lot of, a lot of people sent us the article. What did you think about like seeing his face? I guess he kind of was exactly what I expected. If, if this is Enti, right? Like he hasn't confirmed. Mm-hmm. It hasn't been confirmed or whatever, but, you know, kind of looks exactly how I thought. <laughs> Just like an average white dude. Do you think that, because you know a lot of people think that, obviously, like, there are so many camps. There are a lot of people who believe that there's been more than one NT. Right. Lots of people think that, that the NT now is not the NT from the past and that you can, um, it's funny to, ha- like, that there's, like, conspiracies about Inti, who was a blind item writer. But a lot of people believe that like the tone on the website changed at a certain point and became very like conspiracy theorist. And like before it it didn't feel that way. 
And a lot of people think that at some point there was like a switch off, like a passing of the baton or something. Yeah. I mean, I don't know how you could sort through that many blind items, how you could do all that alone. Um, I've always thought that it was a team. Same with Dumois. Like I've always thought Dumois is a team of people and just kind of has like one person be the spokesperson. Mm -hmm. And that's how I kind of felt with NT. Yeah. Things definitely changed in what was it like probably 2020, 2021. That's when it became more like QAnon-y. And to the point where I also thought, you know, this was someone else running it. But then we still get some blinds that do feel like old school blinds. Right. Um, So I I don't think it would be crazy to say it was like handed off to someone, though. I don't think that's a crazy idea. It's very reality Vontese. There are six people. (laughs) Right. And honestly, like, this clearly has to play out in the courtroom. Um, and Troy and I aren't gonna give our, you know, to you guys know what how we feel. Yeah. And you know, after I was in uh contact with Cassandra, Troy and I had a conversation to no longer mention the website, to no longer say like, and we don't write the blinds, remember who writes the blinds, it's you know, and we don't credit the website. So we have taken all that into account as well. Yeah. And also, I mean, it's just like It's so crazy. I guess for me, just like seeing this alleged photo of this person that for so many years people have claimed to have seen and like, and then there's also people that say um, that like the current NT can't possibly be the old NT because people who knew what the old NT looked like, uh, basically like to be blunt said that he was like like a like a much bigger man mm-hmm. like he famously very big and like this nt isn't i don't know there's a lot of discourse about it on the internet about like if this is even really him and all of that stuff it's like crazy obviously we stand with victims hello yes yes very that and definitely make sure to check out the uh, daily beast article if you guys aren't aware i know it's also been picked up by like daily mail new york post new york magazine it's very out there it's everywhere now so one of my favorite things is when the kardashians keep trying to like soft launch relationships (laughs) and they'll like put a put a um headline out there and be like oh people didn't react let's pull it back Let's put it back out there for three months. And that's what they've been doing with Odell Beckham Jr. and Kim Kardashian. Because I want to say, what, maybe seven or eight years ago, they were doing it with Odell Beckham Jr. and Chloe. And now that I think Us Weekly was like, they might be spotted in person soon. And it's like, listen, Kim dating Odell Beckham Jr. isn't the biggest pop culture person dating a football player at the moment. It's actually kind of like, I don't know. It feels like lame to me. Who expected? It's too mid 2000s, 2010s Kim. It's very like, really? Like after the Pete pivot, I thought that we would like continue to see interesting kind of like out of left field PR relationships from her. This just feels so like bongo jeans Kim to me. It is. And Odell Beckham Jr. is still, in my opinion, one of the best looking people in the NFL, but he's not OBJ from 2014 anymore. Yeah, it it feels so 2014. It's actually like 
Like I was more shocked by that than them actually like being a moment. And I feel like whenever you see headlines of like, well, they'll say quotes like things are heat, things are allegedly heating up. Come on. <laughs> it's Come they're on. just waiting to see how many people click that article to see if people are interested. Exactly. You can't possibly think that a source went out of their way to tell a publication, quote, things are heating up. That's the tea. It's exhausting. And yeah, Kim and Odell, everyone, just like, we'll just keep it moving. How about that? I'm bored. I thought she was going to date like a lawyer or like a billionaire or like, uh, I, I don't know. Just this is not a step your pussy up relationship to me. To be honest, I think it would be so badass to see Kim Kardashian be like a single working mom for a while. Yeah. To have her not need a man. Guess what? Kim's been single for two years because she's just focusing on her work and her kids and like that. Yeah. And taming the wild beast that is her ex-husband that has literal mechanics as teeth right now. You know, we haven't talked about Kanye at all in the last like month or so. And we talked a little bit on the public episode that we just recorded. But Kanye West, what the fuck? Kanye, Kanye, Kanye. First of all, I can't believe how much more comfortable he's gotten like releasing videos of him and his gal. That relationship is so odd and so dark and i know that i say this all the time i said it in our the episode that we just did with carmen electra but like i almost feel like you have to look at his relate his i'm using quote fingers for relationships you have to look at his relationships as projects otherwise they just don't make any logical sense like they are literally projects they are muses they are just a thing for him to project a bunch of shit onto and set out into the world and see what happens like he's he's like they're like pokemon yeah and as a muse it's not like i'm gonna write a song about you it's that i'm gonna control every aspect of you like apparently his wife isn't allowed to speak in public within the next few months i mean the kanye rabbit hole is obviously very dark and only continues to get more and more dark but something with that wife is going to come out within the next i'll say two to three months and it's going to be really bad well, you know, the a lot of the internet lore around that woman is that she's the dark one and that she's the one controlling him and that she is low-key behind the scenes making sure to, like, you know, basically bleed him out financially and that this whole thing is kind of like a charade on her part, making it look like he is in control when really she's taking advantage of like an unwell person. That's what people on the internet say. And then you have the other people that are like, it looks like she's being abused. The way that he dresses her in public is so inappropriate. Like it's, it feels humiliating, you know, it's just, it, but it's dark either way. I mean, where do you sit with that? Because for me, I can't imagine her just pulling the strings like behind the scenes. I think so much of it is her being like paraded and, and like humiliated basically in public. That's the reason I can't believe that it's like she's some secret like genius just using him. I don't know where I fall because 
we know it's like he doesn't let her talk. So it's like, it's hard to, you know, a lot of what we think about her is like projection because she doesn't speak. Um, I think maybe I'm like right down the middle. Like, I think that there's a world where like, she's not an idiot and, you know, he's very like vulnerable at this moment in a lot of ways. And like the, maybe the most vulnerable he's ever been in his career. Mm-hmm. So I don't know. Like there's a part of me that does think that maybe she is like, you know, yeah. Let people think that you're, that I'm just like this mindless idiot. That's like walking around with my nipples and my vagina showing all day. And I'm going to leave here with a bag. Cause I don't, this is the thing. I don't think this is an unfortunate. I'm not, this is like a mean thing to say. I don't think women date Kanye West without, it's not just uh, you're my muse and how lucky you are to be here. There's an exchange. Like with Julia, there was an exchange. With Kim, there was an exchange. With Amber, there was an exchange. I believe with this woman that there's an exchange. Like these women want something out of this situation and they deserve it because it seems like it's some kind of contractual situation, you know? I'm not hating, but I don't know. I, 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 do you know what I'm trying to say? No, I get what you mean. Like, it's a transactional relationship. Transactional. I couldn't think of the word. Yes. <laughs> um, I guess we're just going to be talking about Vanderpump Rules now every week because even though we both claim to be over it, we're both going to be watching it and waiting with bated breath each week. Um, I thought that the next, the second episode was actually really good. It's still like kind of didn't do it for me. I unfortunately think that I'm at a point with Vanderpump where like nothing will make me like it, but I'll continue to watch it. Yeah. Um, I am like team Anne. I want Anne out of that home. Like <laughs> the way that Anne deserves every moment of screen time to me. Yeah. Um, but I don't know. I don't know how I'm gonna be able to get into like Tom Schwartz and Katie dating the same person who's also like Summer Moon's babysitter. I don't know how. I'm going to be able to deal with that as a viewer because it's not a CW show. It's Vanderpump. What do you think about... So I was seeing on... um, Who was it? I don't remember whose account it was, but they were talking about Brock and Sheena. Okay. They were talking about like how it feels like they're being set up right now for like a cheating thing. Or a divorce thing. Yeah. Because he kept saying stuff like that felt kind of cryptic. Like, I miss the way that my wife used to be. Like, the kind of stuff that you say on reality TV when there's about to be a cheating scandal. Yeah, I could see that. Or a breakup. Because, like, you were dating, what, five months before you, she got pregnant? Like, you don't really know someone that well within five months. Yeah. And we know, I mean, I feel like men in situations like that, they become resentful when you're not like the manic pixie dream girl that they fell in love with on your first date and then all of a sudden life happens and it's real and she has anxiety and all these things and it's like she's not fun cute you know sheena anymore yeah totally and also the ocd thing sheena gets a lot of shit and i get why i do i understand but like if you also think about it she got she maybe hit someone in the face (laughs) Like, had a restraining order. Like, she did have a lot of other things following the Sandoval or Scandoval of it all. You know what I mean? Like, she also did take some punches and give some punches. Listen, I had a friend who had 
like underlying OCD, but like didn't know really that it was like true OCD and then had a baby and the baby exploded their OCD because obviously if you like are upset, if you're obsessing over the life of a person, like right light switches and touching the door handle three times, it's like my OCD is keeping my child alive. I think that that's relatable. Like I believe her. Yeah, I agree with you. And listen, one thing about Sheena is everything's about her, right? Yeah. But this is the time it actually is. <laughs> yes. And I think that it's it's easy to look past that. And when you know that about Sheena, then to me, it's easy to like see the stuff about her that's like actually very camp and lovable and funny. Because yeah, she's a narcissist. But she's the first to admit it. She's a narcissist in a platform rhinestone sneaker. And she's the first to admit it. I agree. I want to know your thoughts on fucking Tom Schwartz. I mean, anyone listening knows we don't like him, but I saw a Bravo historian post this and it was like, I've never been so proud of Tom Schwartz or he's like, I'm going to do what's best for myself. I commented, I'm like, which is be friends with Tom Sandoval. <laughs> okay. I thought about that. <laughs> so I believe that what Tom is doing right now is so performative. I think that he's trying to after receiving months and months and probably hundreds of thousands of messages from people being like, you're a fucking pussy. You need to stand up to <laughs> your best friend. He's dragging you into the depths of hell. And it's like really pathetic that you're so willing to let him because you like don't have a backbone, like grow a fucking spine. And I think that the comments, I think that he is reacting now to the, he's doing what he thinks people want to see him do. Like, I think that he's trying to give people the Tom that, like, he thinks they want to see. I'm standing up to my friend and I'm telling him that this isn't right. I'm putting my foot down. Like, it's it's still pathetic to me. Tom Schwartz has always loved Tom Sandoval more than any other relationship in his life. And that's not changing. No. I mean, I've said it a million times. They are each other's soulmates. They just, like, they are. Like, it's, they're... They're never going to be emotionally fulfilled by any woman because they will only ever fulfill each other. That is so beautifully said. <laughs> They're in love. It's like, just date. Just be in love. Now, what do you think? Allegedly, Bravo is going to look into the claims that um, James Kennedy has been abusive in the past because allegedly there was a fight with Allie. Um, what do you think of that? Because... I've been waiting for James Kennedy's like true moment for a while. And I know people love him. I get why people love James Kennedy, but like, I've truly been waiting for this. Well, when I read that, I thought about you because <laughs> I know how you feel about him. Um, I think that it's worth, listen, we said this when the scandal stuff happened. I think a lot of what the cast members were doing was deflecting I think that they saw Scandival as an opportunity to make them all look really good. Like, I mean, Jack's got a show. <laughs> and it it saved his career. Like, it brought him and Britney back into reality TV when we remember why we let them go. You know what I mean? Like, we remember why the network let them go and who married them and how fucking homophobic and insane her family is. I don't even want to get into that. But, like, I think that a lot of them, including James, used that scandal to make themselves look decent. And that's why they were so 
over the top. Like James at that reunion. I'm sorry. I know that you like love Ariana or whatever, but like, do I believe that you love her so much that you're like ravenous and foaming at the mouth and just can't contain yourself and running all over set and shit? Like, no, like it's performative. So I think that it's worth, it's worth investigating. You know what I mean? And like, why, why is it, why is it that like when something like this happens now, like with Ariana and Tom, like the result is that like Ariana gets to be on Broadway, but like when James assaulted Kristen on TV, everybody made fun of her. The way Kristen was treated, I'm not saying Kristen was like this beacon of light and hope on that show, but like the way she was treated was so fucking wrong. It was just undeniably insane and fair. <laughs> and if you're comparing all of the situations in the cast, like it's actually insane that we watched her get abused on TV and we were making fun of it because she's Kristen. Like, I mean, him spitting on her door, all of the shit that he, I mean, and that's just the stuff that we saw on camera. I can't imagine James Kennedy off camera. When he, during a time when he had no desire to be sober. Mm -hmm. It it wasn't even in his like rear view or anything to like, even he didn't give a fuck about being sober. (laughs) Before we get into the ads, I have to say Katy Perry has quit American Idol. I know that's a heartbreaking for a lot of us listeners. Um, honestly, Katy Perry should have quit American Idol. Like, I don't, I guess she did have a few red carpet moments and a few public moments that weren't so great. But Katy Perry should still be like one of the leading pop stars in our in our country, at least. I think that one day, I actually um, just watched this video essay about uh, Chained to the Rhythm and how it was like so misinterpreted and like how if people had just listened to what she was trying to say, like it wouldn't have flopped. Um, And I think that like one day we'll look back on her career and be like, what? Like what? It's too recent right now. You know, it like all kind of just happened, but like it really makes no sense. None at all. It's like I get she made Taylor Swift mad. I I I know the power of Taylor Swift, but like Katie still had a ton of fans. She was like the most famous person in the globe at a certain point. And apparently her cutting her hair was so offensive to people that they were like, "Wait a minute. We don't want to fuck you the same way. Are you even talented anymore?" Yeah. Yeah, that's exactly when it all changed. People just stopped wanting to fuck her as much when her hair was short. And like, that was really, and it, it sent her into a fucking spiral. And like, never forget when she built her own big brother house. I will never. And the fact that that's just something that happened that we just act like is so normal. Like, Katy Perry was on a live stream for 24 hours a day for like a summer. That is insane. That was also when, like, Shia LaBeouf was watching all of his movies and not leaving the movie. That was a weird time for celebrity in general. Somebody needs to do a documentary about Katy Perry's Big Brother house. And just, like, all the shit that so much happened. The image I have is her on the steps just laying there looking, like, completely lifeless. (laughs) If I knew... To quote Miss Catherine herself, if I knew then what I know now, 
I would have literally recorded every single moment of that fucking live stream. Like, I can't believe that we were so casual about it. Yeah, what were we... Can we also bring it back, maybe? Katie, listen, if you're listening, I know you're a friend of the pod. I know you listen. Bring it back, because I think you're maybe in a better headspace now, so it won't be, like, sad to watch. Because I think I tuned in a few times, and I was like, oh, this is, like, sad. This is not fun. (laughs) It was sad. It was sad. The thing about it that was so sad was, like, watching a pop star spiral and, like, being able to watch it so um, raw. Mm Mm-hmm. Like, it really showed how kind of, like, not well she was. But it was such a great idea. And then her bringing in people to interview and, like, to cook and have dinner parties. Like, it was a very good idea in theory. In theory, not in practice. Yeah. So I just really quickly, as your baddies East correspondent, um, (laughs) really quickly give a little update. So... More and more and more people are talking about the possibility of Zeus Network facing some kind of lawsuit, especially because it's like at this point pretty undeniable that there's a lot of like weird sexual stuff going on, um, alleged sex trafficking, alleged casting couching, alleged the girls having to sleep with the creator of the show. And when you look at this from like an above perspective like just if pretend it's not reality tv pretend that this isn't like you know natalie nunn what is going on allegedly is this man is running a network that is allegedly a front for a prostitution ring and natalie nunn is allegedly wrangling girls and like kind of acting as a madam amongst this cast and this this network for the producer or the creator of the show and it's there's photos came out of like natalie first of all it's been alleged that natalie fucks him they obviously are fucking and there were photos that came out of natalie having like a threesome with one of the cast members of the show uh named scotty and Natalie was like eating her butt or something. Okay. Isn't that a little bi for sure? Um, but like Scotty is definitely like hooking up slash dating the person running Zeus Network. So there are all these like storylines and fights that happen on the show that are not at all about like what they say it is. It's actually behind the scenes stuff. And if you know what's going on with baddies, you know what it really is. Did so, they like sneaky? Sorry, not to sorry to no. interrupt. But did they like sneaky hint at stuff on the shows, or is it kind of all behind the scenes? It's all behind the scenes, and if they hint at something, it's not because they knew what they were doing. It's not. Okay. okay. For example, Scotty and Natalie just got in this like insanely physical fight, and it was really, really, really intense. Like. Natalie kind of beat the shit out of her. And like the stuff that they're fighting about is so insane because it's they were fighting about like a plate of food or something. But if you know what's going on, you know that they're fighting about this guy, about this crazy shit that's going on. And the fact that they they have this like kind of romantic relationship, they act like lovers. 
But if you watch the show, it's being presented that, oh, she ate off of my plate and I didn't like that. Like, it's actually so silly. Um, but all that to say, they just had the reunion. The reunion was an absolute fucking joke. I've heard that baddies or the Zeus network actually pays people really well, like actual celebrities to come in and host their weird shit. So they had Nene Leaks come in. Oh my God. Host this reunion. That's how down bad Nene Leaks is right now. She hosted the baddies reunion. It was just so, Nene looked so out of place, so uncomfortable. Of course, they were all fucking fighting and throwing shit around her. She was terrified. <laughs> Nene barely knows who these girls are. She said that she watched a couple episodes. It was an absolute fucking hot-ass mess. But I still, I'm putting it out into the world. I believe that a lawsuit is coming soon. And I don't know how the Zeus Network will be able to... Uh, I don't think they would be able to survive a lawsuit. Now, as someone who's never even seen the station, um, the way you talk about it, I would say a lawsuit should have happened a year ago. Yeah, they're, <laughs> they're due for one. And I think that it will it's going to have a huge impact on them. Like, even like Bad Girls Club, when they had lost, like the last lawsuit that the Bad Girls Club had um, bankrupted them. And like, they didn't have any money for the next... They didn't have enough money to produce their show because the lawsuits were so overwhelming. So I can't imagine the Zeus network, who people believe is allegedly trafficking people, would be able to survive that. Hey, everyone, now would be a good time to let you know that this episode is sponsored by Stitch Fix. Is your holiday hangover making getting dressed feel like a chore and a bore? Welcome to the new year with a resolution for personalized style that reflects the real you, courtesy of Stitch Fix's expert team of personal stylists. Stitch Fix is the best way to shop new styles and brands. Think of them as your style partner. Your stylist will learn about your tastes and collaborate with you on looks you'll love without breaking the bank. You simply share your preferences, sizes, and budget, and Stitch Fix sends you five items in a fix right to your door. With your choices in mind, the sizes from extra small to 3XL, they'll find your perfect fit. Try everything on at home and keep what you like and send back the rest. Shipping and returns are always free. They have over a thousand brands and styles, so no matter what season of life you're in, Stitch Fix has you covered. Simply order a refresh as needed or set it and forget it with regular fixes you're in control. Over time, Stitch Fix and their seasoned style experts will match you with greater precision to perfect pieces for you, for you based on your likes and dislikes. It is so easy. So for me with my fix, I wanted new tops. I'm very much, I love a new top, nice jeans, go out. And I asked them to provide, and they did. They sent me three sweaters, which I love. They sent me a cardigan, and they sent me a pair of jeans, none of which I sent back. I think I'm going to do it for every season because I'm not a good shopper. And I don't like shopping online because you never know how it's going to fit. So thank you, Stitch Fix. They just get me, and they'll get you too. Today at stitchfix.com slash blinds, and you'll get 25% off when you keep everything in your fix. That's stitchfix.com slash blinds, stitchfix.com slash blinds. This week's episode is also sponsored by Fume. Ever tried to break a bad habit and felt like you were climbing Everest in flip-flops? 
Yes, we've been there too, but here's a breath of fresh air, fume. It's not about giving up, it's about switching up. Fume takes your habit and simply makes it better, healthier, and a whole lot more enjoyable. Fume is an innovative, award-winning flavored air device that does just that. Instead of vapor, fume uses flavored air. Instead of electronics, fume is completely natural. And instead of harmful chemicals, fume uses delicious flavors. You get it. Instead of bad, fume is good. It's a habit you're free to enjoy and makes replacing your bad habit easy. Your fume comes with an adjustable airflow dial and is designed with movable parts and magnets for fidgeting, giving your fingers a lot to do, which is helpful for de-stressing and anxiety while breaking your habit. I always bring this thing with me to bars. It's my favorite place to take it because you can use it indoors and it's not distracting and it doesn't have an odor. It doesn't smell like anything. It doesn't release any kind of like smoke into the air or anything like that. It's you basically are the only person that knows that you have it. And as I always say, I like to fidget with it because I'm a fidgeter and I'm trying to stop biting my nails. So having that thing with me to just spin around in my hand or in my pocket is very helpful. Plus, Fume just released a magnetic stand for your Fume, so there's no more losing it around the house. It's built with fidgeting in mind. You can spin your Fume around on it. Start the year off right with good habits by going to tryfume.com slash blinds and get the journey packed today. Fume is giving listeners to the show 10% off when they use our code blinds to help make starting the good habit that much easier. Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soaps or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell everywhere. From their all-in-one e-commerce platform to their in-person POS system, wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Shopify helps you turn browsers into buyers with internet's best converting checkouts. 36% better on average compared to other leading commerce platforms. And sell more with less effort thanks to Shopify Magic, your AI-powered all-star. What I love about Shopify is no matter how big you want to grow, Shopify gives you everything you need to take control and take your business to the next level. Shopify powers 10% off all e-commerce in the U.S. And Shopify is the global force behind Allbirds, Rothy's, and Brooklinen, and millions of other entrepreneurs of every size across 175 countries. Plus, Shopify's award-winning help is there to support your success every step of the way. Because businesses that grow, grow with Shopify. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash blinds, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash blinds now to grow your business no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash blinds. So really quick, I just wanted to talk about the new Nickelodeon documentary that's going to be on ID channel. Um, It's going to be called Quiet On Set. And if listeners, if you're not familiar, it's basically all about Nickelodeon. It's all about Dan Schneider. And I cannot wait for this. The only thing is ID channel. Hello. We're right here. I know. (laughs) I know. Like, seriously. Um, But they got a lot of interviews. I know. I know. And I'm excited. So it looks like 
similarly to an open secret which is a documentary that we've talked about a bunch and it's like posted somewhere on our patreon if you search it um it looks like they're gonna bamboozle one of the producers which they did in an open secret at the end like he which how dumb are you to go film a documentary about molestation on the shows that you worked on you were doing it and then you're like you find out that there's a chance that you might be in the like hello but it just goes to show like the power trips that these people these adults on these kids shows truly are on it's so true and just like how long they've been able to get along again away with stuff so it's like yeah i'll go film a documentary about corruption on the set that i worked on that i partook in sure um but yeah it's gonna be really good and i'm sad that amanda isn't in it but she doesn't at the moment seem um to be in that headspace and jeanette mccurdy's not in it either i don't think she's in it um But she's made like a lot of social media posts just talking about how hard it's been since her book did so well. And I can I can't even imagine the messages that Jeanette McCurdy gets because either like you get what she meant when she wrote, like, I'm glad my mom's dead or you don't. For sure. And like you either there are people like us that knew about that already. So like there's no need to like pile on. But then there are people who didn't know. And it's like ripping a Band-Aid off. Like, it's like opening up a scab again, you know? hmm Yeah, I'm just, I'm excited. I wish it was on something, like, more than the ID channel. But hopefully it gets picked up by even Amazon Prime or, you know, anything like that. Yeah, for sure. So, I really quickly wanted to touch on Monique. Because Monique is having a moment right now. Well, I guess I should say that club shay shay podcast is having a moment right now like more than anything it's between watch what happens live or club shay shay at this point (laughs) like out of nowhere his podcast has become like the go-to place for people to go spill real piping hot hour and a half long tea and i'm here for it like it's so good and i also really like him like i just think like he's not like a great interviewer by any stretch of the like he's not but like I think that he provides a really safe space for people to feel like they can talk about like difficult stuff. Um, But so Monique just went on his show and had this explosive interview. If there's one thing Monique is going to do, it's have an explosive interview. (laughs) You can guarantee that she's going to talk some shit. So a couple of things that I thought were interesting that she brought up. Of course, she talked about Oprah and the way that she talked about Oprah reminded me of this is such a random comparison, but it reminded me of in our Andy Cohen episode, the way his relationship was written about with Kathy Griffin, where like, for whatever reason, he just sees himself doing a lot of the jobs that she would get booked for. Mm-hmm. No, he's not like a comic or anything. And it seems like that's the relationship that Oprah has with Monique. Where it's like, if Monique is thought of for something, Oprah is like, well, I could do that. Or like, I would be better at that. And a lot of the stuff that Monique gets cast for, like, obviously, her and Oprah are like a similar cast type. Mm -hmm. So she claimed that um, she basically, Lee Daniels reached out to her and said, like, listen, I really want you to be in the butler. I want you to play the mom. I, I only want you for this role. 
and consider it yours. And then all of a sudden, Oprah was attached to it. And she basically, and I was like, kind of like, not skeptical, but like, as like, you could just say that and nobody would know if that's true or not. But where I believe her is because she said, you know, Oprah has the ability to just strong arm and say, well, I'll give money to the production. And what director is going to pass up a billionaire saying, I'll give you a lot of money to make an even better movie if you just let me be in it and mm-hmm. let me, in quotes, produce so that I can add my name to it. So I believe that. And I, honestly, I don't really disbelieve anything Monique says. Like, I just believe her. I actually totally agree with you when it comes to Monique, because honestly, like this is kind of like Azealia Banks. It's like at first they sound kind of crazy. <laughs> and then once you like listen a little, you have to like tilt your head, lean in and you're like, OK, OK. And then within like a year or two, stuff they say, it comes out as true. Yeah. And like Monique is a real receipt girl. She's mm-hmm. really like about that receipt life she'll film recording uh she'll record conversations she'll record phone calls like she'll take screenshots of text print them off with quote daddy with her husband present them on instagram live like she shows up a a satchel full of receipts um she also is in this long-running feud with dl hughley and this has been going on for a long time since they were like booked together on I get her telling of the story was that she went on his show. He wasn't there. Um, his team was there. She had a great time. It was super fun. And then at the end of the show, they were like, do you want to play a game? And on his show, they always play. Um, Would you rather to end the episode? So there, she was like, yeah, let's play. Would you rather? And their question was, I wrote it down. Would you rather sleep with Lee Daniels with your husband with a condom or have sex with Corinne Steffens without a condom? Oh, my God. Yeah. So she wasn't feeling that. so messy and also it's like you're calling lee daniels a homosexual without calling him a homosexual in my opinion that's a very fair question that we should actually do at the end of every show we should do a a really really gross would you rather after every episode (laughs) um but she didn't like that she called him she she called deal hugely and said like i'm very uncomfortable like i didn't like that at all she said that he was dismissive his response was that it is what it is that's what we do on the show get over it So she had her attorney send a cease and desist and have that segment removed from the show. And then she said, like, after that, they were scheduled to perform in L.A. together. She was the the headliner and all of a sudden his name was removed. So obviously he had reached out to, like, disassociate from her. And then when they were they performed together in Detroit, she also headlined. She went out on stage and called him a coward because... He has a daughter who was sexually abused. She was molested by a friend of his. And this made headlines in like 2021, I want to say, because he went on Sway of MTV fame. He went on Sway's radio show and basically said that he didn't believe his daughter when she came to him and said that his friend had molested her. And 
that he didn't believe her because he wanted to give his friend the benefit of the doubt and you know he his friend wouldn't do something like that and blah 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 so monique went on stage and said it and called him a coward and i actually want to read the exact quote because it's insane she said when i said how can dl's wife suck the dick of a coward this is what i meant when my husband and i say that we have to fight for for the little girls coming up behind us and you see DL didn't believe his own daughter over a friend because he seemingly likes his friend more than he loves his own daughter and didn't want to be bothered by the inconvenient truth. This highlights why the Black woman isn't believed when she publicly speaks out about her trauma. What, do, what does the Black woman and his, and his DL's wife have coming? Watch who stands with this man and you're looking at the same ones who will sit down. When you or our sisters are being attacked, I find it funny that DL will call out Ice Cube, Kanye, RZA, Angela Stanton, myself, etc., but he won't call out the name of the person who violated his own daughter. So he hates her, obviously. (laughs) He hates her. And he went on TikTok and read her for Phil called her fat, all the typical shit that men do. Um, and yeah, it's just crazy. It's a crazy long-running feud, and I'm always going to believe anything that Monique says. I'm just obsessed with her. I'm a big Monique girl. And everything that she says pr- ends up proving to be true, and she always has receipts. And the thing is, okay, I'm fat, but you also didn't stand up for your daughter when you should have. You can call right. me fat all day, but you have to live with what you did. I can lose weight. Right. You can't fix that. Like, and to say that publicly so casually, like, oh yeah, my daughter, I didn't believe her. The fuck? That boils my blood. It's so dark. Do you think Monique is going to have like another, she kind of seems to be around more again, like doing more interviews. Do you think she's really making a big comeback in Hollywood? It seems that way. A lot of people are saying that they want Monique and Cat Williams to do a headlining show together. And I think that would be really fucking iconic. And it would, like, honestly blow up the internet. Like, people would actually lose their shit. I hope you just put something... You know, you predicted Beyonce's country album. Um, I hope that one also comes true. (laughs) (laughs) I would pay a lot of money to see Cat Williams and Monique. Oh, my God. So I don't know if you heard, there was a football game this weekend. Um, Actually, it's the most watched television program of all time now. Like just that one? Yeah. That one, this recent Super Bowl? Yeah. Oh, oh my God. I can't believe it either. Because in my opinion, it was very boring. Like as someone who watches football every week, I found the game to be extremely boring. Um, And... I'm not going to comment on whether I think it's rigged or not. I think people, I think that's like just a fun debate for other people to have. Right. And like the people who really believe it are like, no, there's no way. And the people who don't believe it, they're saying the exact same thing. They're like, there's no way. Um, I also, I'd say, I, I don't want to comment on this, but we absolutely have to. How much of it do you think is now that I didn't know that it was the most watched television event in history, but do you, how much of it do you think is because of Taylor? 
I want to go on my not speaking about Taylor thing again. Um, but no, I think a lot of it is the Swifties. You know, I'm in group chats of people asking what are rules for football games because they've never really watched one. So, yeah, I think people were excited to see that. And then, um, yeah, I think they wanted to watch it and be like, that was rigged. They didn't call holding on the Chiefs on this third and seven, you know. I think people were curious to see it. I like to think it was because of Usher. <laughs> yeah, me too. That's like, <laughs> my mind went there immediately, but then I was like, oh yeah, duh. Yeah, it's definitely like Swifties leaning in. And also, you know, there were people betting money how many times she'd be showed, how many seconds she'd be. So it just adds to like the the betting of it all, you know? I cannot speak to whether or not I believe that football is rigged because honestly, I barely know how to like, play it like i barely know even what goes on in that field. but what i will say is that i think that obviously taylor swift is such a corporation and such a business and such a career starter for people and i think it wouldn't be crazy to assume that her involvement in the nfl at this moment like she's either being paid there's some there's some sort of exchange taking place for the eyes that she has brought to the fucking NFL. There's just no way, right? All, yeah, I mean, if you think about it, who uses NFL stadiums when the NFL isn't playing? Oh, yeah. You know, that's that's like my thought. <laughs> I, forgot, I didn't think about that. Um, one thing, we did get some comments about Travis Kelsey yelling at Andy Reid. Yeah, I wanted and to ask. It seems like those two are fine with it. That's like their relationship. Um, Travis is a hothead. There have been interviews of him saying, you know, I let my emotions get the best of me. And so, okay, right. Like that's, that's them. But I'm curious if like Lamar Jackson or AJ Brown of the uh, Eagles or like Tyreek Hill, who I know isn't a great person off the field, but a great football player. But I'm curious if it's like a black star football player, how they react to it. Because in my opinion, if it was any other any other coach, they would have sat Travis for at least a quarter. Like Bill Belichick did it with Malcolm Butler during a Super Bowl, and they lost the Super Bowl. Mm. So, in I think it's really crazy for everyone to just be like, "That's how football players are." Coaches also like shove people back because, like, in my opinion, no people get benched for. And all Malcolm Butler did was miss a practice, and he's benched for the Super Bowl. Are people trying to say that he's like a dangerous person now because they saw that? I think it's either or. People are either like, he's just a big dumb guy who's so in his emotions or he's violent off the field. And I I think like if you're going to be playing in football, there's a good chance you're not some peaceful, quiet, you know, just person <laughs> you know it's not a it's not a chill game you have to be violent during it but i think the way he was treated like really speaks volumes because again if um lamar jackson who's the quarterback for the ravens if he's screaming in someone's face you're gonna hear about it yeah and it's not just gonna be like a, oh yeah i was just you know i was just giving him a hard time type of thing i will honestly say to you that the <laughs> clip of him walking like fucking John Travolta in his uh, Nicole Kidman sequent pinstripe suit, his AMC suit <laughs> backstage. I saw somebody on TikTok say that there's nothing more dangerous than a straight white man with confidence. 
and that's what that was giving like it was just so i was like he this man right now is walking on fucking water like he walks on clouds he is drinking his own kool-aid and he is so i mean it's just like it gave me the ick like it, it truly gave me goosebumps yeah i've always thought and this is like pre-taylor I've always thought Travis has just wanted to be famous. Like, obviously, a great football player, but, like, how can you compete with Gronk when you're both wearing the same number, same position? You can't. And now it's his, it's his time to get the the um, celebrity he's always wanted. Well, he better eat it up because it's, it's quickly, as bright as stars shine when they are with Taylor Swift, they very quickly burn out. <laughs> I mean, who even is Joe Alwyn? Does he even exist? Is oh, he alive? We don't know. I'm not sure. Not confirmed. Um, <laughs> but I wanted to talk about commercials. Were there any commercials other than Beyonce who spoke more in that commercial than I've heard her speak in like 10 years? I know. I know. It was like very interesting to see her um, speaking. I was like, wow. And like uh, being funny and doing bits. Yeah. Well, speaking of, speaking of just really quickly, do you think that she's going to um, perform at the Sphere? Listen, I want to talk about the Sphere in general, because to me, something about that venue is so dark-sided. Like, there's just something about it that I don't like. I never want to step inside of it. It just, it gives me really bad vibes. But yes, I do think that's happening. I mean, it could be the U2 of it all. It's something about U2 also, <laughs> I'm very curious to see if that's if it's if she does perform at the sphere, if she does do like a thing at the sphere, what she would do with that technology. Oh my God. Like I almost feel like um I texted this to Zach, like maybe you two was like the the trial and error. Like let's see, let's see how the screens work. <laughs> you know? Um but no, I I I really liked the Alien commercial. I liked the um the Martin Scorsese one was great. Uh, I loved the Christopher Walken one. I didn't want to love the Ben Affleck one, but oh my! Like now I need Ben Affleck to be in a real comedy movie. Like he is <laughs> funny as hell. He is funny. I think people forget that he's funny. Yeah, he doesn't show it often, but that. Oh. Commercial was incredible. I love that Tom Brady was in like four commercials. He's like, I'm not in the game, but guess what? You can't get rid of me. I know. Though I thought that the commercials were really um actually pretty good this year. And I, I really liked the Christopher Walken one too. The Pete Davidson one was fun. That was fun. Hang on. What about the Scientology and the two Christian Mark Wahlberg app? The Christian Mark Wahlberg app. <laughs> oh my God. Can we talk? I that man, we will never know peace with him existing in this world. Like, I just the way Mark Wahlberg was able to like shift himself into being this like good Irish Catholic boy is insane. Well, who can you guys please, if you are somebody who truly does, and no judgment. Just for the sake of a poll, if you really believe that Mark Wahlberg is a good Irish boy, can you DM us? I'd love to see the face of the person who truly actually thinks this. It has to be working on somebody. People love Mark Wahlberg. People like really fucking love him. 
the fuck? I'll never get it. I will never understand it. unless it's in the context of fear. <laughs> I'll never <laughs> unless it's in the context of Nicole forever. I don't understand. That is so fucking funny. <laughs> I don't uh, think there should be Scientology commercials allowed, though. No, I don't think so either. Only, I mean, they have their own network. They should only be able to play them on their own channel. Right. <laughs> on, I think it's on like Dish TV or something that they have a channel. <laughs> uh, what did you think about Usher? I thought it was so good. So incredible. And I know my feelings for Usher have been complicated since starting this podcast. But he's someone who I really tried to keep like his blind item life out of the music I enjoy. I think he did such a good job. I'm so confused about people who want to say it was like lackluster, people who are complaining he was singing live. And there are people who said it was like too chaotic. I'm like, don't you want to show? Is Don't you? Because last year you were mad Rihanna didn't dance enough. Now Usher's dancing like too much and too sweaty. Like that is what Usher does. Usher ripping his shirt off. That's the moment we're waiting for. That's an Usher show. You're lucky he didn't drop his pants. He usually does that too. <laughs> And the people that are going to Vegas to see him are going expecting to see that. Like, I, I don't I don't necessarily understand what people were thinking was going to like it's Usher. That's what he does. He, he basically played now. That's what I call Usher. That's exactly what he played. Um, I could have done without his song with Juicy J, which I forget with like the girls dancing on the pole. I could have done without that one. I wish that he played like a different song with that. But overall, I think he did great. I was never expecting Justin Bieber to show up on that stage. Um, Give Alicia Keys a break. She hit one bad note, but really recovered from it. Um, (laughs) Also, I thought Tremaine Dupree was CeeLo. CeeLo for a second. And I like looked at Blair. I was like, is that so green? That can't be Jermaine Dupree. I think collectively every single person in the country thought that was CeeLo. And then everybody started thinking, does he have a song with Usher? Like I started trying to like, I was like, what song am I forgetting about? CeeLo Green and Usher, CeeLo Green. Like it took me a minute. Um, But no, I thought that he did an incredible job. And the thing that I really liked about his performance is that one thing that we complain about a lot is that when it comes to like Super Bowls, when you find out that a man is performing, it can be a little troublesome because at the end of the day, men are just not expected to perform to the lengths that women are on these shows. You have, I mean, if you even just look at like Madonna or Katy Perry's like entrances to the Super Bowl and people still complaining about it, Katy Perry riding in on an, a fucking tiger the size of a like, building in new york city still not enough men oftentimes can just stand there i.e adam levine and just like do nothing and i like that usher performs like he he performs like one of the pop girls like he actually gives you a show with production and he's dripping sweat and he's dancing his ass off and like doing pyro and stunts and gags and gigs and death drops and all the things like i like that he actually performs yeah, and he did such a tribute to like R&B music. He really highlighted it and I love that he had a big band. Like I don't know, I have no notes other than like I wanted it to be longer. <laughs> it was like a now CD exploded on the TV. And that's all I want. Every In day actually. 
in now here's where you and i are going to differ is i personally do not fuck with alicia keys never really have oh i i <laughs> listen this is new because i've like talked about how much i love her woman this is so controversial you guys can get mad at me i don't care alicia keys cannot fucking sing alicia keys live is a is typically a fucking train wreck i'm sorry no i'm not gonna say you're so wrong with that but (laughs) but like her songs are so good she has great songs. I think that she is so talented, dueling pianos, all the things, the alleged no makeup, even though she's wearing like a full face of bare minerals, whatever. I just, her, her, her singing voice to me has just never done it. And whenever I see her live, I'm like, do people not hear that she's literally just screaming at the top of her lungs? Like she's not singing, she's screaming the way that I call for someone who's far away from me is her singing that voice crack i was like that's status quo like i couldn't believe the people were so shocked that alicia keys's voice cracked on tv when does it not find me a performance where alicia keys it's a single note well i know what i'll be doing tonight (laughs) i get 40 videos of alicia keys (laughs) (laughs) um but i guess the last thing i wanted to touch on with the super bowl Blake Lively, no ring. You and I have been saying for like Blake Lively doesn't get spotted without her wedding ring if it's not for like a reason, especially with Ryan Reynolds premiering like his dead Deadpool trailer. He should have been right next to her in that box. And especially on America's biggest stage, basically. I mean, a lot of people messaged us about clocking the no ring. Mm -hmm. It felt intentional. I mean, you're at the Super Bowl. Your husband's movie is premiering, like the trailer is. And you guys love being a goofy couple. What did you think about um, the that box of gals? Just the Ice Spice and the Taylor and the Lana and the Blake of it all? I don't even fucking know. I'm like, where's Kara? She's been a ride or die all season. Where was she? Um... Maybe sober. Maybe it's too much for sober Kara. <laughs> She's like, you guys are too fucked up for me. Yeah. I don't know. I feel bad uh, Lana Del Rey broke her arm because she got like shoved. The way that she got pulled down, I have been watching it in slow motion over and over and over. It is, it's just like one of those, like she just can't win. 2024 20, is not panning out to be great for Lana. And I think um, being around Taylor is, She's become her dark passenger. It just I think, seems to be yeah. bad. It's too many eyes on Lana. Yeah, she's just not that girl. Like, and we got like a few comments from people being like, Lana knew exactly what she was doing. Like, you don't hang out with Taylor Swift, you don't if you don't want attention. And I understand that, but I just think like the kind of attention that Taylor Swift seeks when she's in public spaces like this, I don't think anybody could prepare themselves for. Yeah. Yeah. I would agree with you. And like, yeah, there's nothing else to add other than that. I don't think you can prepare for that kind of pandemonium. No. And I also think that her friendship with Ice Spice is such a fucking joke. I'm just like, what is going 
on. Like, really? Yeah. I I don't disagree with you, but I do love that every picture of Ice Spice, she just looks so confused. She had no idea what was happening. And it's like people leaning down, whispering, like, what's going on to her? And then when they won, she, like, didn't get it at first. She was just like, we're playing. <laughs> we're clapping. She's me at every sport, sports event. That is too funny. Yeah, I guess, like, the halftime, in my opinion, was one of the best of the last few years. And... Anyone who doesn't like Usher's performance, doesn't like Silly, and doesn't like Now CDs. Yeah, like, let people roller skate, okay? Let people roller skate and have fun. We got a ludicrous performance. And Luda had an afro in spite of Pat Williams. I think that he did that to be spiteful. I think so, too. (laughs) Which I think is so funny. Because Ludacris, one of my favorite things about him is, like, he's never tried to be a hardcore rapper. I mean, he's a great rapper, but not, like, how 50 Cent raps, right? Ludacris is, like, I think being silly is fun. I think having sex with women is fun. And we're just going to make it happen like that. Yeah. And I like to smoke weed. (laughs) (laughs) Right. And he just so happens to be, like, very talented and goofy. Like, he's campy. Because I used to always say that he was the weird owl of rap. like. He literally is so silly, but he's very talented. He's like Missy. Him and Missy, I've always said, are so similar. Yes. I feel like their brains are, like, the same. Well, I think that's that's all I got for Super Bowl stuff. Yeah, not not much coverage on the game for this podcast. You're going to need to seek that out somewhere else. But, um, yeah, I don't think I have anything else to add just that i want to put it out into the world that i want um i want marlboro man inspired visuals for beyonce one last thing i want to ask you since this is being released on valentine's day Hmm. if you could pick like top i'm gonna say one celebrity couple that you would say like you were so obsessed with or still are obsessed with who would that celebrity couple be? Because for me, it's Reese and Ryan. I still hold on to them like very tight. They're the first celebrity couple I really remember being like excited about. Mm-hmm. But what about you? My Nobody's going to be surprised by this. It's like so annoying to be such a cliche of my <laughs> own. But mine is Lindsay and Sam. That was not what I expected you to say. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. Mine is Samantha and Lindsay. It just had such an impact on me. I'm still, and I, you said like something that I'm still obsessed with. Like I still look at videos of them together. I still can't believe it happened. And I just always thought it was really cool that it wasn't like, that Lindsay was just like, I'm dating a girl. Like I don't need to be on Time Magazine or whatever. Like I'm just dating a girl. She said, duh, I'm gay. Yeah. Well, thank you guys so much for listening. Um, if you don't have a Valentine, we'll be your Valentine. <laughs> yeah. We'll swaddle you and give you a box of chocolates or whatever. But we hope to see you guys at some live shows. Remember, they go on sale um, at 10 a.m. on Friday, the 16th, February 16th. And all the links are in our bio. And we love you very, very, very much. Bye. Bye.
Speaking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the roaring 20s. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.